Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Oh my God! Oh my goodness! You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Winning Cures Everything, episode number one, or sorry, 242. God bless America. Starting right off the with ones, the baby. Yeah, we out of the ones. We've been out for a while. On today's show, we are going to discuss the college football week eight that was. Uh, lots to recap there. We're going to talk about our college football top ten, and we're going to give you our playoff predictions for college football after week number eight. First things first, as always, you can go to the website, winningcureseverything.com. And the show is always brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can find out more information on all six of their sports books over at tunicatravel.com. If you have not already, subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, all your favorite podcast apps, whichever one it may be. Go hit that subscribe button, help us out, leave a five-star review. Chris, you ready to jump in this thing? Let's go, baby. Let's do it. College football week eight recap brought to you by winningcureseverything.com. You can check out everything you need to over there. That's our site. That's what we do. It's also brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. Let's see if I can remember all six sports books down there. You ready? Come on. Gold Strike, Horseshoe, Fitz, uh, Samstown, Hollywood, First Jackpot. Bam. Bam. Nailed it. You can find everything you need to about those sports books over at tunicatravel.com. Like I said, the premier spot in the Southeast. Let's go on and jump into this thing. Recap note number one. All right. Purdue. Man. Boiler up, baby. 49 to 20. Now, if you just look at the box score, if you just look at total yardage, all that kind of mess, Ohio State actually outgained them 546 to 539. But if you look at the yards per play, Purdue had almost eight yards per play. Ohio State had like five and a half. A star was born in this game. Now, which one? You talking about uh, uh, Moore, or are you talking about DJ Knox, or I'm talking about uh, Tyler, uh, number four, number four, uh, Rondell Moore. Moore, yeah. That Rondell Moore is a different beast. That he kid fits is crazy special. He fits Jeff Brom's offense. Like a friggin' See, glove. I don't even. I don't. Even, I think that guy could succeed in any offense. I watched him oh, lower his shoulder, too. and I watched him take a safety that was easily twice the size of him, and I saw him blow over him, spin around him. The safety completely wrapped him up, and he just lowered his shoulder, ripped through it, spun out of it. Safety's on the ground. He's trotting off for a touchdown. Nobody's catching him. Now here's the thing: like that like, doesn't happen in college football. That happens in the NFL because he's a he's even a true freshman. Even by the, the way. big guys aren't as big. Or even the little guys are still have some size to them. The fact that you can in college take somebody twice your size and, and run just over embarrass them like that that as, doesn't happen. As an 18 year old, yeah, I he's mean, this 18 guy, this years guy, old. He's this true This guy freshman. legitimately is a kid. Now he he. If you have watched Purdue this year, you obviously know about him. He was big against Northwestern. He He's had huge plays all year. Uh, the fact that they already had three losses kind of got him out of the national spotlight. Well, but last yeah, night – And they hadn't like that, played a team helped. like this on national TV. Agreed. I mean, that's the Agreed. biggest thing. Like, that Northwestern game was on national TV. It was a Thursday night game. It was like the opening weekend of college football, right? Yeah. Yep. So, I, you know, that probably got a lot of eyes. But I don't know if people were like – they weren't ready for college football yet. Weren't ready to yeah. find a star. But right now, he, he helped himself last night. Doing it against Ohio State. Yep. That's a big deal. Saturday night was a uh, was a big deal. Rushing yardage, Ohio State had 76 total rushing yards. That's 3.0 yards per rush. Purdue had 161. They rushed for 5.6 yards per carry. That's a big difference. Well, and, and that's, then, I mean, so they you more talked about the bo- You talked about box score, how they had more yards than them. How many of those yards came in garbage time? Because it was late, middle well, of the it, third quarter, Dwayne Ohio Haskins, State had six points. Dwayne Haskins Two threw field the goals. ball like 70 times. Yeah. The, the, the problem is, is, is 
so many of those points and yards that Ohio State got, they came in garbage time. Yeah, they I mean, this did. was a butt whipping from start to finish. At no yeah. point in time was Purdue ever not in control of this game. Uh, Bill Conley from SB Nation, you know, he does win probability after the game Correct. or post game win probability. Uh, yeah, Purdue wins this game ninety nine percent of the time. Like it wasn't even close. There was nothing fluky about this. They destroyed these guys. Uh, let's jump into the next one. Wazoo, man. Washington so State. So good for, for Leach. 34-20. Game day was awesome. Did you watch college game day? I did. All right. So, game day was fantastic. Humongous crowd. It was a gigantic party. Drew Bledsoe, I thought, was a pretty good uh, pick for, for guest picker. Um, Gardner Minshew is a superstar. He absolutely made the right decision. Here's what his goal was, right? He was going to go to Alabama and sit on the bench behind Tua and, and Jalen and maybe get some garbage time here and there. I mean, he's a he was a grad student. So his graduate transfer from East Carolina, his plan was to go into and, and be a grad assistant, like as a coach afterwards. And he figured, if I'm going to do that, may as well go do it under Saban, right? Okay. Here's the thing, though. He came up in air raid systems. So if you get a chance to go play for Mike Leach and actually start and you can learn to coach underneath him, Absolutely, and this was the perfect spot for him. Perfect spot. He can throw the ball. Thirty-nine out of fifty-one, three hundred twenty-three yards, four touchdowns. Look, Washington State, Brandon, Mississippi kid. Believe that. Believe that. So Oregon had fifty-eight yards rushing for the game, two point four yards that per defense carry. Just shut them down. Wazoo's defense is for real. Uh, look, Tracy Clay's like Minnesota had a good coach with him. And obviously there were things that went on outside of the realm of just football that uh, that cost him his job. But, you know, I think he landed at a good spot. Uh, man, Washington State is the Pac-12's only playoff hope. Well, this is one of the things that you and I text a little bit about yesterday. How funny it is that we we all kind of agree, right? We all understand that the Pac-12 had this little conspiracy to, to, to help USC in that in that game against Washington State because they thought, well, USC's our bell cow. We need them to be whatever. They overturned something that you just don't overturn in college football, which is targeting, which, which was, was a blatant, a, a pretty, blatant targeting pretty, call. Pretty, pretty rough, violent targeting call. And Washington State loses that game. How fitting is it that Washington State could legitimately run the table, get left out of the playoffs, strictly because the Pac-12 officials thought, it's better to have USC win this game than Washington State. So yeah. now they miss out on large sums of money. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's karma. Other, other thought on this is, uh, going back to the quarterback there, this is a Class A reason why I don't understand. My brain doesn't comprehend I'm the number one quarterback in the country. I'm going to go play behind at a school. I'm going to ride the bench at a school where they already have a number one quarterback in the country. Like, go play. Well, Minshew was never okay. a number one quarterback. Like he, but, but he you understand the con- East Carolina. But I do you, see uh, where but you understand from. The, the, the thing. Go play somewhere. And, and guess what? You can make your own way, and you can make your own name. You don't have to go to a school where everything's already built up. If you're the guy that's the one that builds it, they build statues to you. They sing yeah. songs about you for the rest of eternity. Well, it's, so in some cases, like with Tua at Alabama, it ends up playing itself out because as good as Jalen Hurts is, but but it Tua was that much better. It doesn't same thing with Trevor Lawrence. But it doesn't make any sense though, Gary. It's still in my mind. And this is this is not Alabama hate. It's still in my mind the wrong decision. You're he's a true freshman. He just took them to a national championship game undefeated. Why would I choose to go play behind him? Why would I think? Well, if I get there. Maybe I can beat him out. Why wouldn't I just go somewhere where I can start year one? I don't even have to redshirt. I just start year one. I play. I will. I will tell you this. What's the purpose of that? Recruits like competition. Like it, a lot of them prefer to be tested oh. by the best. See, but see now your what your answer there just just contradicted the thing that everyone says because you can go to Alabama and win championships. Well, you can't say it's about competition, but yet I want to go somewhere where everybody around me is a five-star and we're all going to play on Sundays. Because that says I don't care about competition. I want to play where it's easy. I want to play where I can get a ring. 
Yeah, but it it's never guaranteed that you're going to play on Sundays. Like that's I think that's going, right. Going that's somewhere right. like Alabama, you're, LSU, Georgia, you're, you're wherever. Exa- you're exactly right. It's not guaranteed, which is why it's important to play as much as you can on Saturdays. That's why you don't sit behind somebody else. You go somewhere where you want. Well, where you also you can go play. somewhere that you can be developed, right? How did we get into this conversation? Oh, we're talking about Gardner Minshew. Okay, Gardner yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I'm I'm with you. Like with him, he wants to go and be developed as a coach. Other guys want to go and be developed as players. Okay, so if you're Be- going because Alabama has this great history of putting in Georgia too, because because Georgia's had number one recruit after number one recruit after number one recruit come through there, they have this great history of putting quarterbacks in the NFL. That, yeah, that's where I want to go be developed. Well, but they also the have offensive coordinators that are going to teach them they, they've also that are going never, to turn over every other year because they're going to get head coaching jobs. They also don't normally get five star quarterbacks. They're not Alabama doesn't like they they haven't they uh, so. The five stars that they'd had under Nick Saban before were um, uh, the kid that played that got beat out by A.J. McCarron, and I cannot remember his name, like Philip something, Philip Sims, Philip whatever. Uh, so him and uh, Blake Barnett, and now Tua Tagovailoa. I just everybody else was a four star. I, I just don't understand the concept of playing behind somebody and hoping that I can beat them out. Yes, I want competition. Yes, I get it. But I want to compete against the other team. I want to go somewhere, and I'm not saying you have to guarantee me a spot, but I would rather go somewhere where I can walk on and know I can start day one or I have a chance to start day one. You go go play behind a true freshman that just led a team to an undefeated season, or in, in Georgia's case, like a true freshman that just led their team to an SEC championship game, and, and they hadn't done that in a long time. There like, are guys like, like why that would, out there. Why would you like, think that I'm just going to go there and walk on and take that job? For example, Rondell Moore, Purdue, same kind of guy. He went to Purdue because he felt like he could make an immediate impact. Yeah, he could play. So, he could play LaVisca today. Chenault, Colorado. Yeah, same thing. He was five star dude from Texas. It's all that, about trying to play right now because exactly. you're not guaranteed Sundays. So play. Now, you're as not guaranteed much as, tomorrow for but, that much. But play as much as you can. On Saturdays, it's the it's the the one thing I hate about what college football has done in recruiting is these guys just all the best players go to the exact same school and they don't care if they play at all. They just hope that well I'll bide my time. And then now you got the dude at at at, at Clemson. Well, I sat behind this guy and I sat behind this guy. And now I sat behind this guy and well I got passed. Yeah. So now I got to transfer my last year. Like, dude, had you never gone there. You could have played yep. wherever. You could have played wherever you wanted to. So, just my two cents on that matter. You brought up Clemson. Let's go on and move into them. We're uh, we're, we're going to run out of our time here, but uh, let's jump into Clemson. Clemson thir- or forty-one, NC State seven. Clemson only had ninety-one yards rushing. Like they they had been averaging over two hundred and eighty yards. They only had two point eight yards per carry yesterday. They had three hundred and eighty passing yards behind Trevor Lawrence, the guy that we were just talking about. Uh, to only one ninety three for Ryan Finley and and NC State. The, the time of possession was pretty drastic in oh, Clemson's it was favor. Big, yeah, um, it, Clemson. This was the, one of those games where if they play this game ten other times, it doesn't turn out close to this. Clemson got out early. Clemson got out often, and then NC State just could not come back. Yeah, it, it was very, very simple game. Clemson. Do, this is the first game. That Clemson played a real opponent where they dominated from start to finish. Yes, and it—I mean, trust me—it was the perfect weekend to do it. Yep. With Ohio State going out and and Notre Dame uh, on a bye. Bye week. Clemson jumped up to number two in both polls. So let's move on. Michigan twenty-one, Michigan State seven. Whoo! I think Harbaugh and them boys might have been angry. I I. I I told you I thought something was different about this team as yeah. opposed to the teams in the past. Well, it's it's why I had Michigan as what one of my outs, or did I have them in? I no, I had them out. I had them out because I think I had I think I had Ohio State. I in, had maybe? them in. I had them in. I think they're going to win this conference. I, I thought think they were going to go eleven think, and one. I think they're the yeah. You had them losing to Ohio State. Yeah. I, I I think I think they're the best team in this conference, and I. Well, here's the deal with yesterday. 395 yards total offense for Michigan to 94 for Michigan State. Time of possession, Michigan had the ball over 41 minutes. Michigan had 183 rushing yards against the nation's number one rushing defense. Michigan State was 0 of 12 on third down. This was it, – it was supposed to be utter domination. Instead, it was a 7-7 game late in the third. 
And then I think Michigan just got tired of the crap. It's the perfect spot for Michigan State to win one of these games that, that they are not supposed to win, right? The you rain delay. Hey, the rain coming down, then and you've it's got a delay, and, and it's nasty. Yeah. And that's the reason it was close. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, Michigan had two turnovers. They play like, this game in a dome. If for some reason these two teams played in like the, the you know, the 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 Lucas Oil Stadium dome or whatever, and whatever, like like Michigan this isn't beats them. This isn't close. Yeah, this isn't close. No, I I agree with you. One team is vastly superior than the other. Yes. Um, Michigan has a week off, and then they play uh, Penn State, who will be coming off of a game against Iowa, which, whew. Not uh, not and feeling com- good coming for off a nail biter in uh in Bloomington in Bloomington where like yeah. there was nine people there. That's weird. We're not even going to well because it was ten degrees outside. <laughs> like I couldn't believe there was that many people there for that game. It, it ended up being close because of uh we see what Penn State does every week. They just play the level of competition. LSU nineteen, Mississippi State three. Pat or Pat Nick Fitzgerald. Yeah, holy, I don't, I don't know Pat holy God. Okay, so in my weekly recap on the website today, I I did give LSU credit because, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. Very opportunistic defense like we've been talking about all year. Uh, offense just gets enough to get the job done. I don't understand what Joe Moorhead is doing with Nick Fitzgerald. He was 8 of 24 for 59 yards and four interceptions. On the year against Power 5, competition nick fitzgerald is like 55 out of 127 or something like that um less than 50 percent. it's like 43 percent completion percentage with only two touchdowns and seven interceptions now granted he had four of them last night but if you know something ain't working quit trying to put a square peg into a round hole like quit doing it there were so many instances last night where if he had thrown the ball away, he would have had an even worse completion percentage, but he got sacked on multiple third down occasions. They were 2 of 14 on third down. They ran for over five yards of carry. There were holes opened up by that Mississippi State offensive line over and over and over, and it's just bad coaching. Like, And it wasn't just on offense. On defense, like the play that you talked about yeah. to me earlier, like get, yeah. go ahead they, and talk they about got, that. They got an, one, one, this is this is bad coaching. This is just bad coaching. They pick off Burrow in the end zone. the The guy who intercepts the ball literally he's he's probably about four yards into the end zone. Yeah, runs out of the end zone and then runs out of bounds at the one yard line. If you just kneel it, fall down, walk out of bounds in the end zone, you it's get on the, the twenty. 20. Yeah, instead. First, I go from immediate pissed off because my guy just threw an interception in the end zone, in the red zone, and then I just start laughing because I think at no point in time was I worried about this game, and and nor should I be because a team that makes decisions like that, that that is what that is why you're not going to get from the level that you are to a next level up. It's just because you you cannot beat yourself. You cannot do something great. And then immediately do something stupid yeah. to hurt your team. Yeah. I Good agree. teams don't do that. So, State had 5.4 yards per carry. Um, they had 260 total yards to LSU's 239. Do we want to talk about Devin White? Uh, I mean, you can talk about it if you want. I'm not. I don't, I don't have a whole lot to say other than I'm just thoroughly pissed off. I'm a little, like, I think we are both in agreement that this should be reviewable by the SEC after the fact because it was not targeting. It was not targeting. Like this was there were there were plays in the Alabama game that were more egregious than this one that there was no flag even thrown on. In the NFL you can go back and find somebody even if there's no flag thrown on it. Like why does it matter if the replay official saw it and said, uh, it's been confirmed, it was targeting. And it's at the end of the game, and the game does not matter. Yeah. The game is out of hand. Like it, And this is not just because And it, it wasn't is, a dirty play. At no point in time yeah. was it a dirty play. He didn't go after Nick's head. It's not just because it is the Alabama game next for LSU. This is something that needs to be checked out because you're taking away an entire game for, for one play. For kids that... You know, it may not get to play all that often. Like the, the I, well, NFL, he gets to play a lot. The, the NFL has the rule that's right. Now, now their rules are are kind of messed up sometimes, but this rule is right. You get two. Yeah, 
you get two, and they call them two unsportsmanlike penalties. So if you get called for targeting, that's an unsportsmanlike penalty. If you do something offensive or taunt, that's an unsportsmanlike penalty. Or if it's a flagrant hit, yeah. then you get tossed for that. Like this one, there you can't tell by the video. You, it, The odds of this being like on purpose. I've watched this over and over and over again. I don't know that he even makes contact with his helmet, much less forcible contact with his helmet. The at worst, the face masks hit each other. Yeah, at at worst, and that's like not enough to make his head fly backwards because his hands hit in the chest. It's against the rule, like helmet to helmet contact. We get that. Yeah, but even still, like this was, and this is uh, not okay. Devin White is not just a player. Okay. This is the Alabama game, the LSU game. This is a big game. And right. he's the best player. At, at on no that point LSU in time defense. is LSU really going to have a chance in this game. I get that. Alabama's making mincemeat out of everyone. Yeah, I mean, let's but, not go crazy. But let's let's not pretend that taking one player off of, of a team won't help or hurt because Devin White is that good. He could easily be the first defensive player taken in this year's draft. I mean, let's let's say that uh, I think he's every bit as good as Roquan Smith, and you know, I I am documented on how much I think oh, Roquan yeah. Smith should have been the number one player in the in the draft taken. I think you're happy where he got taken. I'm fine with that, but <laughs> but 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 I'm I'm just telling you, I think he's fantastic. I think he's fantastic. He's a, he's a great player. Devin White is a is a legit game changer. He's a middle linebacker that. He's the quarterback of our defense. If Tua Tungavailoa couldn't play in the first half of y'all's game as the quarterback of your offense, you would be screwed. Yes. Like, not just not just hurt, screwed. Because by the time he gets back in the second half, it won't matter. I mean, it it might not matter, but... I, I think it won't. I'm going into this with expectations of I don't know that this is going to matter. Let's uh let's move on from that because man we are running super long today. Uh we'll we'll try and fly through these. Uh UCF needed a little bit of help yesterday. They did not get it. Cincinnati falls to Temple 24 to 17. This was probably the best game of the day. This was a great game. Uh Temple jumped out to a 10 to nothing lead in less than 6 minutes of game time. Um since he then ran off 17 points, take a 17 to 10 lead until Temple scored with 49 seconds left in the game. And then Temple scores first in overtime, and then they pick off a pass. They win 24-17. to 17. Look, because we talk about Central Florida a lot on this, UCF needs as many high-profile games as possible. It does not matter what Temple does from this point on. Like, that is not going to be a high-profile game for UCF. They still have two losses, and that's what everybody in the country well, three. is going to say. Well, yeah. three, oh, that's right. They do yeah. have three. Um, so everybody will look at that and say, ah, they're not that good. They lost to Villanova. They lost to, you know, yeah. Buffalo, whatever. Uh, although those are good teams, it is what it is. Uh, and Temple was not the same team. I was about to say, that, that this is not the same Temple team. Uh, but they needed – UCF needed Cincinnati to be undefeated when they meet here in a few weeks, and that ain't going to help nothing. Uh, Oklahoma 52, TCU 27. This was a game at halftime. 28-24 at the bit. half. Uh, TCU had a quarterback change to Michael Collins. He looked a lot better, correct? A whole lot better than Robinson. Um, but at the end of the day, total yardage was five thirty-six for Oklahoma to two seventy-five for TCU. It's a bad TCU team. No, this, this TCU is just not good. Just not good this year. Iowa twenty-three, Maryland nothing. Three hundred and ten yards to only a hundred and fifteen total yards for the Maryland Terrapins. Twenty-two first downs for Iowa to seven. Time of possession was basically forty-one minutes to nineteen. Look, Iowa looks dominant on defense but here's what they got the uh, the next two weeks at Penn State at Purdue so we'll we'll see how good this Iowa team is I love them because they are a covering machine but I mean we'll see they're six point underdogs at Penn State next week I, I still might roll with them we'll see Utah 41 USC 28 have you been paying attention to Utah yeah they, they're putting up a lot of points Tyler Hundley is they like they're. I'm not used to Utah being this offensive juggernaut. I mean, they're averaging over 500 yards the last three. I'm games. used to Utah being the ugly beat them up. You know, yeah, and that's you what they were at the beginning you, yeah, of the season. You don't want to come into Utah and and and, and get beat. No, uh, 41-28 over USC. Utah had 541 yards of total offense. USC only had 205 total yards. That's sad. Now that's what the defense is supposed to do. This offense is just. I don't know what Kyle Whittingham so, is doing. Hey, check check out this stat. Okay. USC against Power 5 competition 
averaging 2.69 yards per carry rushing this year. Yeah, that's not good. They can't run the football on so, anybody. So, question. Clay Helton, gone. Not yet. T. Martin, gone. Possibly. OC's got to change if you're not going to change the head coach, right? You can't have two yards of a carry against every time you don't play an, an FCS school. If you look at their schedule, they could still go eight and four. That's that's because they play a bunch of bad teams, though, man. I know, but I, I really and don't one of think... those wins is complete shenanigans, and we agree with that. Yes, I, I do agree. with Okay, that. Um, UAB twenty nine, North Texas twenty one. I just wanted to toss this out there because we both love UAB. I love Bill Clark. Uh, I worship at the feet of that man. UAB, look, they got handled like forty seven to twenty four by Coastal Carolina early in the year. Scared me off. They are six and one now. Their point differential this year. 234 to 106. They're 4-0 in Conference USA. I love that man. You think this team could be a uh, New Year's 16? No, but I love that man. <laughs> I do I do love him. I love All him right. so much. Let's uh let's close out with this uh Auburn saved Malzahn uh 31-16 over Ole Miss whatever. Bama 58 to 21 over Tennessee. Most points scored by either team in the entire 102 year series. Like that's crazy. Uh and finally Old Dominion the most exciting two-win team in the entire country. They beat Western Kentucky. Here's how this finished up. Did you see this? I didn't watch any of this. This is how this finished up. I don't even know where you would find this. Old Dominion. So, well, one, so I'm flipping around. I actually, I got, I got to see it on the ESPN app. Like, it was, it's insane. Because I thought I was seeing, like, I thought I was going to see a game-winning field goal. And then I got to watch this happen as it, as it played out. So, Old Dominion. With two seconds left, was called for rush, uh, roughing the passer. Western Kentucky missed a 57-yard field goal. Old Dominion was called for 12 men on the field. Western Kentucky missed a 52-yard field goal. That was returned to the Western Kentucky 17. Western Kentucky was called for a face mask. This happened with no time left on the clock, right? Western Kentucky gets called for a face mask. Old Dominion hits the game-winning field goal. So there was a game between Alabama and Tennessee back in 1990 where it, it it's a 6 to 6 game. And there's like 7 seconds left in the game. Tennessee's ranked number 3, Alabama's unranked. It's Gene Sollings' first year. It's like a 50 something yard field goal. And there's 7 seconds left, so not all of it run, not I forget what it is. It's like it's it's crazy no time left, right? They try a field goal, and they miss the field goal. And Alabama runs a play. And then they line up for a field goal. It was two field goals in three plays. And Alabama hits like a 55-yard field goal to win the game. Like, it went, won it 9-6. to six. It's just ridiculous. Same thing here. You're trying a 52-yard field goal with no time left on the clock. Like, I mean, it was pick six. Not pick six. Kick Kick six. six. Esque. Like it's just crazy. You've never never seen anything like it. All right. You got any other notes for uh for this week? No, I think that's about it. That's about it. Everything else pissed me off. <laughs> that's beginning to be like a weekly thing, isn't it? Wasn't a good week. You don't have to worry about your tigers this weekend. No, I get to take the week off. Thank goodness. All right. We will see you guys later on this week with our picks. <laughs> College football week eight, the WCE top 10, brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. They got six incredible sports books down there. You got the Gold Strike, Horseshoe, Hollywood, First Jackpot, Fitz Casino, Samstown, places rocking. Go check out more information over at tunicatravel.com. You can find more information about our top 10, about our recaps, or about everything that we do, our picks during the week, et cetera, et cetera. Over at winningcureseverything.com. If you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button for us. Let's start rolling. Who you got number 10, buddy? My number 10, I have the University of Florida. Florida? I've got Florida. Okay, okay. I mean, I get... You know what, man? Now that you said that, like, I really feel like I should have redone my... <laughs> they got they got one loss, and it is to Kentucky. Dude, who's that the Kentucky top 15 team, team is a really good team. And then the win against LSU is a big win. The win against Mississippi State's a big win. You know, they haven't had any other letdowns other than that. I've got insane big name bias in these and I feel terrible. 
God. Okay, I'm I'm gonna change one of them up. But my my number yeah, my number ten is uh Central Florida. So I've got Central right. Florida in the top ten. They don't have any big wins right now. Uh the team that they just went toe to toe with in Memphis got blasted by Missouri. Um you know, not not great, but uh but they are still undefeated. And so long as they are there, they are not jumping out of my top ten. Who you got number nine? Number nine I got Texas. Texas all the way down to nine. Well, I mean, that's where I got them. I don't okay, know. I okay. don't know if that's all the way down, but that's where I got them. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. You Dave. know, they, they they they've got a big win against Oklahoma. They still have the loss against Maryland that looks worse and worse every week. So, I mean, I don't know that that helps them. Everybody I have above them. Now, I've got two schools above them that you obviously are probably going to disagree with, but maybe not. So, one of them you obviously do because they're your number ten team. I've got them higher. Yeah, but, that, but that's okay. That's totally reasonable. But I've got Texas. All right, uh, number nine for me, I've got Georgia, but I feel like it should be Florida. Um, look, Florida has the one loss, but their win is way better than any, any win. win Georgia has. I agree. Yeah, and, and Florida's got multiple wins that are better than any win that Georgia's got. That uh, That's why so, I have Florida in my top ten. All right, so here, I'm putting Florida at number nine. I'm going to have Georgia back at, like, 11. Like, I'll just drop them out of the top ten. So, my number eight I have is Georgia. I think Georgia has one big loss. It's a big loss, but I've watched them play. I think – I mean, if we're just gauging wins and, and, like, big wins, you know, there aren't – it's hard to gauge that sometimes. I think Georgia's a really good team. I think they're a really talented team. I think they got beat by a better team. But I, don't I think know, they got I don't, destroyed by a better team. True, but um, – Okay. But it, saying that, my number eight team just got destroyed. I've got Ohio State at number oh. eight because I feel like they oh. are still be, like. Oh. I think Ohio State could beat Florida. I think Ohio State could beat Central really? Florida. I think Ohio State could they beat had six Georgia. Six points with like, half of the third quarter gone. I think that six. They, I think they ran into an absolute buzzsaw in Purdue. But like I know that West Lafayette. That buzzsaw. sounds funny, right? That sounds like that's not what that's supposed to I be. Don't know that that's ever happened, but. I think Ohio State is better. Like, would it surprise you if Ohio State runs the table? Kind of, yeah, but I haven't picked them to do it all season, though. I agreed, but like... I I thought they would have two or three losses the whole time. I can't tell you when, but I just I just know how college football works. And yeah. You don't just wake up in the morning and say, we're going to all go undefeated. It's never happened. Have we ever had a year where more than two Power 5 teams have been undefeated at the same time? Uh yeah, two thousand four or three, three or four, two thousand three, two thousand four. Auburn was the one left out when Oklahoma and USC. Oh, though they were all three undefeated. All That's three right. undefeated, and then uh, was that the year that Utah was undefeated? Or, yeah, but or yeah, but was? Utah wasn't Power Five at the time. Oh no, TCU or Boise or somebody was it? But but, they, but like I said, those weren't Power Five teams. Well, they they weren't, but Auburn. No, was. All, there was three then. Yeah. I forgot the Auburn year what they all were. So um, what number we on? Number seven. Who you got seven? I got Central Florida here. Okay. I think Central Florida's good. The way they have played, A, I've been saying it forever, they're the best team in the state of Florida, so I have to have them over Florida. I just believe that. They're better than Florida. I think they're better than Texas right now. I don't know that they're better than Georgia, but they haven't lost. Georgia has. The people they've beaten – Aren't a whole hell of a lot worse than the people Georgia's beating, so we need now to stop a point there. beating up on their strength of schedule. You you got a point there. Uh, my number seven is Oklahoma. Uh, they fall in here like they they're just not in my top top ten. They Oklahoma is not in your top ten at all. No. I mean, they look they're beating up on Big Twelve teams. This is what I have said for weeks and weeks and weeks. They are built to beat Big Twelve teams Correct. when they run up against somebody that is not built like a Big 12 team, like your prototypical Big 12 team, i.e. Texas, Army, whatever, they have problems. My bot, my bottom tier was strictly built around Georgia, Texas, Florida, Oklahoma. One of those teams had to be left out. Oklahoma was the one that got left out because Florida has the biggest win. I think Georgia's overall a better team, and Texas beat them head-to-head. If Texas okay. doesn't have that win in their pocket, Oklahoma's there. Okay, so that that's my logic. Right. Uh, who have you got at number six? My number six is completely different than anybody else, I think, in the country. 
and I'm giving it to my boy Mike Leach and Wazoo because I see them as an undefeated football team because that's what they rightfully are. They had the Pac-12 give them a complete screw job to take away an opportunity to win a game against USC. If that doesn't happen and they're undefeated, we absolutely have them in the top six. You're probably right. I mean, we had West Virginia in the top six at That's one right. point, and That's right. they had not really beaten a whole lot of us. Uh, and this team, really good offensively, really good defensively. Tell me what they do badly. They're they're a top 15 team as far as efficiency goes in total defense and total offense. Tell me what they do badly. Nothing. I hadn't, I hadn't figured their that coach, part out yet. Their coach is crazier than any of the coaches here listed. I mean, you got a you got a valid point there. I think they're a top six team. I see them as an undefeated team. If we're going to whitewash away early season wins like we are with the Maryland win, then why can't we do it with the USC win? Because that USC law, I guess Maryland loss for Texas. Why can't the USC loss be just whitewashed away? USC is a better team. Than I can't Maryland. figure this out. Like AP poll or coaches poll, one or the other uh, on Sunday. Came out and had Washington still ranked like a couple of head or a couple of spots ahead of Washington State with two losses. Yeah, I don't get uh, it. Including just, one to a team it, that Washington State just beat. It is it is strictly it is strictly biased to the big names. That's what college sports are. If yeah. you're a blue blood and Washington has become the premier program or one of the premier programs in the Pac-12, so you get the benefit of the doubt. There is no there's no question that it was complete shenanigans that that USC call was called back. There's none. It wasn't made by an official. It wasn't made by a referee. It, it was made, made by, by a Pac-12 a, official. A, by a Pac-12 administrator. Yeah. Not not a referee, not somebody paid to do that. You bring up Blue Bloods, that brings me to number six. I got Texas at six. That win over Oklahoma is a fantastic win. Nobody else in the country has a better win than that, aside from Florida with their win over LSU and maybe Notre Dame, who... You know, I've got LSU's there. win against Georgia is not better than that. Well, because we got Georgia so far back. Mm. I guess. It, I you guess. Got it, you Georgia know what? So far back. You know what? I guess that makes sense, right? So Georgia was number two in the country. That's true. Well, Oklahoma was what three? I don't know. Were they three? Three or four? One or the other? They were up there. I wouldn't have had them higher than Clemson. I wouldn't have had them higher than Notre Dame. I think at that point, some people did have them higher than Clemson because Clemson was looking awful at that point. Regardless, it was a top five win. There's only so many of those that have happened this year. Okay. So, you know, Notre Dame's win over Michigan, that has looked better and better every week. Uh, At the time, it was only like a top 15 win. Uh, Texas over Oklahoma is big. LSU over Georgia is big. Florida over LSU is big. Like, other than that... Mm, not a whole lot there. I mean, I guess Maryland over Texas now that Texas is up wherever, but yeah. regardless, Maryland's not capitalizing on that. <laughs> well, they're not the same team. Uh, all right, so number uh, number five. Who you got number five? Number five, I have Big Blue Michigan Wolverines. Are we going to have the exact same going top five? Going north? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I've got Michigan five. Okay. Uh, they look dominant on defense. Their offense looks better. I still don't know what they're doing with Shea Patterson. No, like, I'm not worried about that. That was a really good defensive team that they played. It was in the rain. It was in a storm. Yeah. I'm telling you, that game – and I know that that's what Big Ten football is. So, yeah. So you got to kind of expect that in October and November. But I'm not going to judge a guy for playing poorly. He won't play a defense that – I just watched this Ohio State defense. He won't play a defense that good the rest of the season. You got four. Number four, I've got my Tigers. I got LSU's four. Um Big wins. They got a lot yeah. of big wins. Oh, they've got they've got one game, and it wasn't even a letdown. I think just just uh, Burrow throws two picks, two pick sixes. Yeah. Well, and, and Florida was like revved up for this game, right? Yeah. Like it's a kind of a rivalry game. It now. is. It is. No, it's um, it's a rivalry game. It's been a rivalry. Yeah. Game. It's, I mean, it's been a rivalry game, for, but it's it's more. There's more juice behind it right now. There's a little bit more juice behind so, it now. In the last like little, two three years, it's yeah, a little more stank on that one. Uh, number three. So we this is where different. we might different. I've got Clemson three. I'm not jumping Notre Dame. Notre Dame didn't do anything to to fall on their bye week. I had them two last week. I'm not knocking them down. Who do you got? Clemson number okay, three. Okay, good. Yeah, yep. we're fine. Clemson three. Uh, I think Notre that's Dame. Right. Yeah, I think I think Notre Dame has better wins. I think Notre Dame, for the most part, has looked like the better team this year. 
Clemson is is rounding into form, but I don't know how good the ACC is. That's it. The only game that they've done that's I'm going to tell you this: if they don't blow out uh, NC, NC State, State, you might have LSU over Clemson. I might have Michigan and LSU over Clemson. I, mean, it's totally I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too far fetched because I'm a little crazy and don't really care. Sometimes I'd have Wazoo over them too. But they did their job. They beat the hell out of NC State. They controlled that game from beginning to end. Notre Dame is staying at two until they lose for one reason. Or they are the only team. If you look at the rankings now, not mine and your rankings, AP rankings, they got the best win in the whole season. Yeah. That win against Michigan is a big deal win. Yeah. And now it, it was two completely different teams than they nope, are now. You're right. You're right. Um, but it is still a win over Michigan that the playoff committee is going to use over and over and over again. Uh, on top of that, Notre Dame's strength of record right now is number one in the country. Number two, by the way, you LSU. Tigers, LSU. Uh, number one, we both got Alabama. Yeah, they will stay close. there until LSU beats them or somebody beats them. Yeah. And I don't know that there's many other opportunities other than that. That's it. They got two games. They got LSU. They got the SEC title game. Yep. Uh, so that wraps up our top ten. Uh, that is college football week eight top ten. <laughs> College football week eight playoff predictions. This is where we give you what our top four is going to be at the end of the season based on what has happened so far and what we think will happen going forward. We're going to do a different one every week. It's brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can find more information on all six of their wonderful sports books over at tunicatravel.com. Don't forget... Visit winningcureseverything.com for all of the stuff that we give you, our picks, our recaps, et cetera, et cetera. There's also a football picks contest. Go play that thing on Tuesdays. We'll get to that later on. Uh, if you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe button for us. That helps out. If you're on the podcast, hit the subscribe button for us. <laughs> One way or another, just subscribe. It'll help us out. Uh, let's jump into the playoff predictions. How do you want to do this? You want to do it one through four? Uh, I guess it's more like we know who number one is. We right know now. number one is Bama. Now, now, and hang on, we're we're giving these predictions what we think the end of the year is after this point so far, right? Oh no, we're predicting what's going to happen. We're predicting what is going to happen, and not just what's going to happen, but also what the committee is going to say. Yeah, because they're like we can think a lot of things are going to happen, be right about that, but the committee do something different than they normally do. Yes. Yes. Or do something right. we disagree with. Yeah. So this is what the dis- – all right. So th- this is what we think the committee will do as of this point in time going forward. Like we, what we think based on what's happening right now and what will happen in the future. Does that explain anything at all? Did I just completely like right. <laughs> throw everything So mine, for- <laughs> mine I'm going to do – mine has a theme, and the theme is rematch. Okay. Rematches. Oh, okay. I, I see, I see number, where you're going with this. My number one seed is Alabama. Let me guess. Your four seed will be Clemson. My four seed will be Clemson. Yeah. And the reason I think Clemson is because, well, let me just get, I'll give you my one through four. I've got Alabama. I've got Notre Dame. I've got Michigan. And I've got Clemson. And I think the committee will put a one-loss Michigan team over an undefeated Clemson team because the Big Ten is that much better than the ACC. I think... Would you agree with that? No. You don't think they'll do that? I don't think they will do that because they did not do that in 20... God bless America. Because then you get Clemson... It's happened before. Because you get, then you get Clemson, Bama, four. Well, here's the thing. And, and I you think, also get Notre Dame, Michigan rematch because that was a game that we saw at the beginning of the season. And I kind of would like to see those two teams, these exact same I think coaches, they want to avoid... That, if at all possible. Well, Here's the thing: you you get you don't want two matchup because Alabama Clemson has happened every year, right? Like it's just end of the year in the playoffs, three straight years. They don't want it to be four. If it ends up being four, then okay. But they want to try and avoid that. Here is what I believe. Uh, uh, you know what it was? It was. You're right. A one loss team was ranked ahead of Ohio State. Was it? No. It was Florida State was thirteen and zero in twenty fourteen. And I'll never get the years right. I'll never get the years, so that's just worthless asking me. Oh, it was twenty. I have no oh, twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. So Alabama was a one loss team. 
Pac-12, uh, Oregon was a one-loss team. They were the first two seeds. Florida State was completely undefeated, and the ACC was terrible, yep. and they were a three seed. So, so there's precedent for it. So I would have Alabama at one, and then I would have an undefeated Notre Dame at two, but I think they would put Clemson at three. Now, remember, Ohio State was the four seed that year with one loss, but it was like a terrible loss to an ACC team. <laughs> it was a bad loss. Yeah. No, it was like Wake Forest or something. No, no, no. It was a 6-6 six and six Virginia Tech team. That was, yeah. Okay. Uh, at home. So, I think that they would keep Michigan at four because you would want Alabama-Michigan and then Clemson-Notre Dame. Like, and at that point, it doesn't really matter what the seating is with Clemson-Notre Dame. No. Um, it, I, the only thing that would change is the jersey color. Right. Yeah, it doesn't and who matter. cares? But I I do think that Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame, Clemson would give you better ratings. And I think remember this is all just a TV show, which like, makes are, the entire thing bull. By the way, <laughs> yes, it, it for I mean to be fair, yeah, it's completely crap. It's, Absolutely, it's just it's just a sitcom. But if you want the absolute best top four, I am still waiting. Like if Clemson has one of those goofy losses. I could 100% see them tossing Texas up here because if you have a top four with Alabama, Texas, Notre Dame, and Michigan, I mean, that is absurd ratings. We both are still of the opinion that UCF. UCF. I think nobody in the country is going to come within two touchdowns of Alabama. So it does not matter who they play. So that's the excuse. you, You kill two birds with one stone. A, you let the little guy in, and you make everybody happy because you finally gave him a chance. They get smoked by Alabama, so then you get the excuse going four years to come to say, we invited you last year. Remember in 2018 when we let you come in and you didn't do anything good? Yeah, we're not going to let you in again. So so you get, you get all the things you need by letting UCF in because there is no four seed that is going to compete with Alabama. The only issue there is that the power conferences would then be giving more money to the AAC. But and, and, I'll and t- I, but I'm, I'm not I'm, against that. You know how no, I feel I'm, about that. No, I'm not against that, that either, but completely. I believe that they would be. And if I was the AAC, I would sue for monopoly rights. Yeah, and, and I, then think I would that's take one this reason, big bastard down. I think that's one reason why this is a possibility, because not the AAC, but uh, whoever would be hired by the group of five uh, could come in and talk about monopoly and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um so I think UCF has a a shot. I am of the opinion that they are actually not going to go undefeated this year. I think they will get beaten by Cincy, Temple, South Florida, you know, Houston in the AAC championship game, something like that. But we'll see. Which we'll four? see. My four are Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Michigan. So Alabama, oh, we've gets, got the we've got, we got the, the same, same four. Ones. I didn't think you would have Michigan in there. No, I I. I believe in uh, I believe in Michigan. I think that their defense is going to stomp on Ohio State. I think like, they're going to stomp on everybody. I, not, I think so not too. in Alabama, but everybody else. I mean, it, uh, I would love to see them play this Notre Dame team again. I would love to see them play question, the Alabama uh, offense. Honest, honest question. I think you'll get to if they play Notre Dame first. Honest question. What do you think neutral site this Michigan team versus this Notre Dame team from what we see right now? What's that line? Michigan minus five. Michigan's favored, and it's more than a field goal. No, oh, yeah, that's why you feel because I felt the same way, and I was wondering, am I just drinking the Kool Aid that much? No, no, it is like I Michigan think, is. I think dominant. That's that's why I think it's okay to jump Clemson. Well, because even even though Notre Dame won that first game, if you look back at the Michigan, the post, dom- yeah, Michigan, well, the post game uh, efficiency and whatnot, yeah, all, Michigan, yeah. uh, their win probability afterwards was like. 65, 70%. Like, they would win the game 70% of the time with the same stats. Uh, You just had crazy stuff that happened in that first game. Bottom line, though, Notre Dame did win the game, and that is a humongous win. not knocking them. I still got them Um, second. They're going to stay in second place until they lose because that win is something nobody else will get to. The only way a team can have a better win is if a team beats Alabama. That's it. The biggest win. That's the only – LSU's the only one that really has an opportunity to get a bigger win. Notre Dame can get two really big wins this weekend. One, by beating Navy. Uh, but two, if Stanford beats Wazoo. Yeah, that would probably help. That would help a whole lot. Uh, Michigan's going to enjoy a week off. So is Alabama. So is LSU. So I think, I mean, 
gracious. This is, we went a little long on this, but yeah, I mean, we got the same four. It just depends on the uh, the matchup that you want. So I've got Alabama against Michigan and then Clemson against Notre Dame. I would like to see the rematches. A, I could care less about the Clemson game, but I think Alabama beats everybody by two touchdowns, so it doesn't matter who you put. I think the ACC is so bad nobody's beating Clemson. I would sure love for Vodtech too at the end of the year. Well, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, there's a chance Virginia could win the ACC, or at least the Coastal. Then, then, then Clemson's not going undefeated. They're not getting beat. Yeah, you're probably right. a better team to win the South or the Coastal. You're probably right. All right, that's going to wrap up our college football week eight playoff predictions. It's time for the rundown. Remember, check out winningcureseverything.com. You can give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash winningcureseverything. You can follow us on Twitter, at winningcures. You can follow myself, at GaryWCE. You follow me at Chris B. Giannini, C-H-R-I-S-B-G-I-A-N-N-I-N-I. You can also email the show, that's winningcureseverything at gmail.com. And we now have a voicemail line. That number is 551 226 9899. If you want to call and bash us for talking bad about your favorite team, or praise us, or just tell us about how awesome your team is doing, leave us a voicemail. That number again is 551-226-9899, and we may toss it on the show. Thank you for supporting this show, and until next time, have a good one, guys. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the Winning Cures Everything podcast on iTunes, and make sure you leave a review. For every 25 written five-star reviews we get on iTunes, we are donating to St. Jude's Children's Hospital and LeBonner's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. So subscribe and review on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and all your favorite podcast apps. Remember, the Winning Cures Everything podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.